Welcome to Grieving Insomniacs. I am your host, Christy Haberman. I am glad you're here. Thanks for being a part of our community. A few disclaimers before we get started. I am a licensed therapist. However, this podcast is not to be considered mental health therapy or counseling. It is for entertainment purposes only and is not associated with my counseling practice, Christy Haberman Counseling Services. Thanks for showing up. Welcome to Grieving Insomniacs. This is your host, Christy Haberman and Kai the Wonder Dog. And I was working on some posts for next week, and I was really thinking about what we were going to talk about this week. And I'm reading through some of my own journals, and I realized that I wanted to talk about trust. So I have found, since Christopher died, that I don't trust anyone or anything anymore. So then I looked up the word for trust because I couldn't really define what I was trying to say. And I don't know that that's exactly what I'm talking about. So I think before Christopher died, I believed that the world would be all right. Now I've made no secret of the fact that I come from a traumatic childhood. We talk about that all the time on this podcast because for me my grief is very much impacted by my childhood traumas by the current um, situation that I have with my extended family and I thought it was about trust but I don't know that that's the word that I am exactly looking for here's what I know I know that I used to go through the world knowing that I would be okay. Maybe that I would have self-confidence, I had self-assurance, and I would be, I don't know how to describe it besides okay. Which is weird to think about because I was a single parent with both my boys. So I had Christopher when I was pretty young. I didn't have a partner. I was 18, 19. I got pregnant at 18. He was, no, I got pregnant at 19 and he was born a couple of months later. I turned 20. So when he turned 20, I turned 40. That's how I remember it. And then um, I got married and had my second son, but then soon divorced and was a single parent again. And during those times, I never had any doubt that I would survive. I never had any doubt in my ability to conquer whatever problem came my way. And a lot came my way. I had made some really bad choices in college, so I had bad grades on my transcripts, and I decided to go back to college, and I took a chance, but I believed in myself. I made it through college. I got married didn't believe that I would make it through marriage a second time, but here we are 29 years later. So I had this, and I want to call it trust. This trust, maybe in myself, or trust in like a spiritual power. I'm just not real sure how to define it. And then Christopher died, and I felt like my world ended. Well, my world did end. Like the carpet flew out from underneath my feet and I hit rock bottom. My heart was ripped out and I honestly did not think I was going to survive it. 
For those of you that are listening that have never had this experience, more power to you. Like, be grateful, get on your knees, kiss the ground, be grateful that you haven't had your heart ripped out. Because it's not an experience I would wish on anyone. So I thought maybe, so I remembered it vividly. I remembered all of a sudden the world was unsafe. Everything was unsafe. And it just became more and more unsafe. People didn't react the way that I thought they would react when Christopher died. In fact, it got ugly. I did not think that I would get as angry and irritable as I did. And I was angry and I took it out on everyone around me. And I think the reason why this is coming up now is I've finally gotten to this place in my life where I'm noticing how much this lack of trust impacts me. So I know there's some some people and I have met them that their families rallied around them when their children died. And their friends rallied around them when their children died, at least at first. It's a common, common experience to six months into it, a year into it, that your friends disappear. My friends disappeared pretty early in the process. And I find myself at this point, and even at my job, where I have absolutely no trust. None. I don't trust what people say. I don't trust what people do. And I don't think it has anything to do with them because it's too universal. It is too universal because I believe that about everyone. No one is immune except for my husband and my son and my best friends. They know who they are. But everybody else I mistrust. And there's not that many. Well, maybe there is. <laughs> maybe there is that many people out there that are untrustworthy. But I think the scariest thing is if I open my heart again, losing my child devastated me. And for me, it wasn't just the loss of my son that devastated me. It was the loss of all of my significant relationships. All of them, every single one of them. And some of those relationships have come back, but not all. And I find myself in this position where I would like to start having relationships again. Like friends, you know, like letting people in. But damn, I'm scared. I'm so scared. I said on a couple of podcasts before that I feel like I don't want any friends. But I noticed this weekend, my husband's got the plague, you know, that plague that's been going around the last couple of years that you're not supposed to say on any of your social media, that one, how absolutely isolated I am. I have two friends that contact me regularly. That's it. <laughs> Did you lose your trust this period? Because I would really like to know if it's just me. And so this is how my lack of trust shows up for me. It is when I want to reach out to someone and tell them something. And then I'm like, well, they don't want to know anyway. 
It shows up on Christopher's daughter's birthday on the 17th. It's been really hard this year, her birthday. I made a choice long ago to love her from afar. And on most days, I'm okay with that choice. But I have no one I can talk about that with. Not a person. Not really. Not even my best friends. I, they've heard it all so many times. Like, there is, there is a point where you can burden them too much. Especially when you have so few. So I keep it to myself. But I guess now I'm telling all of you on the podcast. But... You know, I don't have to see your faces and see your pity, which is what I worry about the most. And so how do you, how do you talk about that with people? You know, 12 years, they'll say, get over it. You made a choice a long time ago. Get over it. Well, I'm not over it. I still mourn that choice on a regular basis, but I know it all goes back to this trust and this isolation. And in many ways, this is a self-imposed isolation. So I don't know if the rest of you grieving moms did that, but as soon as Christopher died, I cocooned. So now whether people disappeared because I wasn't active in their life, or whether they didn't want to be active in mine is still up for grabs. But I know that I was like a wounded animal. You know how they go into a cave and they just stay there and lick their wounds. That was me for a very long time. I licked my wounds for a long time. And I know there are people in my life that got tired of hearing about it. So now I find myself 12 years later going, I'm isolated and very untrusting. So how do you get past that is the question, right? How do you get past that? And how do you choose? How do you choose who's worth the risk or not? That's always the question. And I don't have the best judgment when it comes to people. And it's been both a blessing and a curse, which is I have always seen the world through rose-colored glasses until Christopher died. I could see the light in everyone. I could see their goodness. Even if they couldn't see it themselves, I could see it. And so, and then also, I believe because of my lack of connection with my family of origin, um, I'm highly dependent on friends, always have been. But it always seemed like it was something that was outside of my reach until um, my 20s. No, 30s. Until my 30s. I did not have long-lasting relationships with friends until my 30s. And a lot of that was due to the military. Because my husband was in the military. And we're an insular community when you're in, in the military for a lot of reasons. So I'm just a little sad about that. So I'm wondering, how do I move away from this place of not being able to trust people or things or just the world? Like, just, I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop. And some people would call that a trauma response. Well, it is. 
But I am far more traumatized by what happened with my son than I am by my traumatic childhood because that just destroyed me. So how about you? Do you trust? How do you trust? Did people show up for you? I'd really like to know. Leave me a comment or a DM and let me know. Like, did people show up for you? And if they did show up, how did you know they showed up? That's what I would like to know. How do you know they showed up? So I guess moving on from trust, you'd have to decide how to take a risk. And I'm just not sure I have the ability to do that anymore. Take a risk. Because what I've discovered after the last two months, it's been rough the last two months over here at the Haberman household, is that I have discovered that I am much more fragile than I ever believed possible. Like just emotionally, I'm fragile. And I can't figure out why is that? Like I have survived the worst thing that ever could happen to anybody. But I most certainly didn't survive with what I had before and the resources that I had before. And then I think, well, maybe if I went to counseling, but what would counseling do? So I develop another relationship with a therapist, one that I pay for. But that's still not going to solve the problem of that I just don't trust. And it's weird, too, because on the other hand, I have a lot of faith that Christopher is talking to me. I have a lot of faith in the fact that um, he still loves me. I have a lot of faith in the fact that we still communicate even though he's dead. I have a lot of faith in the fact that my husband loves me and my son loves me and I love my grandchildren. I love my best friends. So it's just weird. But I gotta tell you, my friends showed up. They showed up when the going got rough and hung in there with me when the road, when it got rough. And didn't judge me when it got rough. So, you know, they stood the test of time. But maybe, maybe, those of you that have a lot of friends, like, so this is the thing. I see my cousin has a lot of friends, but what I can tell is they're all superficial friends. So it seems to me like you either have a lot of friends that are superficial, which means we never go beyond the surface. So going beyond the surface to me looks like, well, how was your day? It was good. Um, I have deep, meaningful relationships where I like philosophy. I like I like to know what's going on in your life. I like to know what your hardships are, what your joys are. I like to get, get to know you on a soul level. And not everybody is that kind of friend. I understand that, um, that they find that risky. And so I just wonder if that's part of it. But if I was only a superficial friend, and I only had superficial friends, would it be easier? Because I'm telling you, I got to work on my most painful days. I actually had a dream this week. I'll just tell you about my dream. Had a dream this week about Christopher and he showed up. And I should start writing this stuff down, but I just, I don't. And then I lose it and it kind of fades from your memory. But I remember the dream. And I remember Christopher being a baby in my dream. And I remember holding his hands saying, I'm so glad to see you. And then he shows up. And he tries to talk to me. That's the first time that he's tried to talk to me, but it didn't look like him, but I knew it was him. 
um, he tried to talk to me in my dream. And I was telling him, I can't hear you. I don't understand you. And also what's really weird about those dreams is his grandmother from his father's side was in both of those dreams. Um, in one of those dreams, I was in their house and I was trying to get away before she found out I was in her house. It was just very strange. Both nights, it, it was him and about that grandmother. Who at one time was also one of my very trusting people in my life and mattered to me very much. And maybe we should talk about that. Maybe that would help you understand. Anyway, so in this dream. So it emotionally upset me, of course. And I went to work. And I said something to somebody about it. And they just went, oh, okay. There was no one to talk about it with. You know, I just, I just don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know. I'd mentioned it to one person. She kind of just kind of ignored me. And so those are the kind of people I got in my life. So I don't know. So let's talk about the grandmother. Maybe you guys have some insight for me. So I was not married to Christopher's father. But his mother wanted to be a part of his life. And I was agreeable to this. And if you're someone that's like in your 30s and you're in this position, um, maybe learn from my story. I don't know. So we were, we were really close. I would do holidays with them because I didn't have a family of my own. And my own is the key here. And I'm running out of time, so I'll try to hurry up with this. So we were, you know, if I had boyfriends, I'd still take them to her house. Like it was not, I really thought I was accepted there. I mean, I really thought I was accepted there and that these people mattered to me. So I got married, had another kid, and they accepted my other child, like treated him just like his family, all of that. But it's worth noting that he was estranged from his family. So I was part of the family, but he was not. So he was estranged. And so when Christopher was 10 and Colin was seven, like, so they're not young. And I had just got, I had been married to my current husband for about three years. And we were moving to California with the military. And I came back to South Dakota. And they wanted Christopher to go off with their son, who, yes, was his biological father. But Christopher didn't know that. And it, I told him, and I wish I would have never done it. It's part of the reason why I don't tell Presley because I, I know that it damaged him, but I felt forced to by this relationship that I have. And the relationship ended. It ended for me. It ended for Colin. For all intents and purposes, it had ended, ended for Christopher. And they just walked out of his their lives without and mine without even looking back. And it's just heart-wrenching, you know? And then when he dies, they complain because 
And I didn't hear from them again. I talked to them after Christopher was 10. Um, I talked to them maybe twice after that, before he died. They never came to his high school graduation and he invited them. They never came to his nursing graduation and they always used me as an excuse. You know, once he got to 18 years old, it's on you. Anyway, you can tell I have a lot of hard feelings about this. But anyway, these are people that I really admired and thought a lot of. And so they just disappeared out of his life, out of my life. And I really wondered, like, that was a traumatizing experience for us all. And they still use the excuse that it's me. And maybe it is for them. I mean, maybe it is for them. But, you know, once my kids were grown, it's up to them. So maybe that has something to do with the fact that I'm so scared to trust, to trust different people, to let people into my life. So I would like to know from you, do you have issues with this after your children die or is it something that's uniquely me? Is this, you know, because that's possible. We all have our own experiences in grief and perhaps you have experiences that I don't have. And if you do, please reach out to me because I would like to know what they are because I'm sure there's someone that's listening that will learn from what you're experiencing because that's what this podcast has always been about is learning and talking through this grief, both as an educational piece for each other, but also for the non-grievers that listen to this. And that's why I don't say names. I just talk about my experiences because it's not about the names. It's about the experience and how they shaped me and how they shaped my grief and how they continue to. It's just heartbreaking. So if you have some ideas on how to improve my judgment, on who to take a risk with, and how to learn to trust again, I would love to hear it. I feel like I'm moving closer and closer to wanting that again, but I just don't know how. And I know I'm the therapist, right? But we have to be real. Just because I'm a therapist doesn't mean I got it figured out. Just because I got education and experience doesn't mean I have it figured out. And I get really frustrated with people that put it out there, like somehow because they're a therapist that they got it figured out. Well, we don't. And when it comes to grief, we really don't. So thank you for listening to me rant about trust and all of those other things. Thank you for hanging in there. Uh, reach out to me, DM me, let me know the answers to my questions. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs>